This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Samson Oaks PP Up. Feeling low energy? Run down? Drained so you can't perform like you used to? Samson Oaks PP Up is guaranteed to give you the stamina you need for some serious moves. Samson Oak believes in the product so much, he sent me pages of testimonial of all the times he's used it. I can't repeat any of that here, but trust me, it is saucy. If you are struggling to get done what you need to get done, get yourself some Samson Oaks PP up. Now, on to the show. Ask the Poka Dexpert. <laughs> Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, he is a Pokemon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, Dewey, the Small Town Library Purloin Who Touched the World, is available now. It's Pokedexpert, Mike Ellison. Thank you so much for being here again, Mike. Hey, Anthony. It's it's my pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm I'm grateful. I really you, am. You've been on so much. I uh, I almost want to offer you a, a full time position, but I I I'm just kidding. We won't. Thank you. Uh, this week we are, I'm very excited to have Mike here. Uh, he, he came in and filled in for us at the last minute when, uh, uh, unfortunately we had a, another researcher who was very excited to be on the show and we just could not, uh, get her on the, we couldn't make the, the, it all line up. Hopefully uh, she can be on the show, uh, in the future. But this week we're talking about a fan favorite Pokemon. It's Quillava. Uh, and according to the Pokedex, Quillava is a two foot eleven fire Pokemon and weighs about forty one point nine pounds. Uh, the community has a lot of questions about the volcano Pokemon for our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike? Uh, I cannot wait to answer the the community's questions about Quillava. You know, uh, Quillava is my favorite Pokemon. What a what a what a rare opportunity indeed. Uh, to come on here and have this this chance to talk about uh, a Pokemon so near and dear to you. I can't believe how lucky I am. This is going to be wonderful. Uh, let's before get into we the get questions. before we get into the questions, uh, do you have you know let's let's set the stage here with Quillava a little bit. Uh, you know we we don't really talk about uh, Pokemon with sort of the rarity uh, of Quillava. As we know, they're very very difficult to come by in the wild. Uh, and, sure. and, and, and they are an uncommon breed, uh, but the, the Quillava owners out there, uh, they certainly have to take a lot of extra care with this particular Pokemon. It can be quite dangerous. Uh, what are your thoughts on general care for a Quillava, uh, and, and the general ownership of one? I'm really glad you asked me that actually, Anthony. Um, you know, a lot of people will, They'll go out of their way to adopt a Cyndaquil, you know, when it's young, everyone thinks it's so cute, they're so sweet, you know, but they're not, they're not necessarily prepared uh, to care for the Quillava, you know, once it's, once it's matured a little bit and it's grown and it starts, uh, it starts exploring other facets of its personality, you know, people can have a really tough time with that transition. Those transition years can can be very difficult 
for former Cyndaquil owners, uh, you know, who who understand, right, that eventually this Pokemon will will evolve into a full fledged uh, actualized Typhlosion, you know, uh, a very powerful, very intelligent and uh, willful but respectful Pokemon. You know, I think uh, I think people are surprised at the frankly rebellious nature that a lot of Quilava experience and, and uh, portray during these formative middle years. Mm. Yeah, it can make it a very tricky Pokemon to uh, to train in the long term. You can feel like all the work you put in as a Cyndaquil trainer has apparently just been thrown out the window uh, as you have this uh, larger, moodier, hungrier creature roaming around your house. Uh, and the concept, yeah, yeah, the concept of a uh, fully realized, functioning member of Pokemon society down the line just seems ridiculous. It seems impossible, but I'm here to tell all of those frustrated Quilava owners, it gets better. You know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it is it is worth the experience. And one day, you're going to look back on these years and you're going to laugh. Well, let's get into the questions. Uh, it First up, we have a question uh, here that says, is there a special kind of leash can you that you can use for a Quilava? I keep trying to take mine on walks, but they keep burning through the leashes. Destitute in Driftvale City. Oh, Destitute, you are experiencing a very common problem with a lot of Quilava owners, you know. Uh, the harnesses that you may have uh, may have purchased for your Cyndaquil, you know those those head based gentle leader type uh, type accessories just aren't going to work with a Quilava. You know you're looking at maybe it's time to install fencing, and you know keep it if you've got the space. You know um, keeping it still outside you know part of the day of course it's always important for your pokemon to get fresh air and experience the world and for you to be able to get into their pens and kind of clean out right uh they need to be somewhere um but i think at this point with aquilava you should be if you've put in the work uh you know with your cyndaquil you should be able to start practicing a little bit more freedom you know um we see a lot of young pokemon on leashes but uh of course you know when you're out uh leash laws are very relaxed for pokemon which can be a good and a bad thing depending on you know the the neighborhood that you live in or the the types of pokemon that uh are in your area but with aqualava especially it can be very pricey to find the appropriate materials you know um Gosh, my grandfather used to use asbestos leashes, uh, believe it or not. Of course, you know, uh, that'll never that'll never fly now, right? Uh, both Pokemon and human cancer rates uh, have been undisputably tied to asbestos leashes. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, is, uh, it is so tough because uh, it seems like the materials that one might want to use for such a thing uh, definitely cross a line 
with uh, either health or ethics that uh, produce uh, less than ideal situations uh, for for providing this kind of uh, accessory to to interact with your Pokemon. Certainly, you know, uh, I've seen historically a lot of Quilava uh, restrained with the um, gosh. They're so barbaric, I can't even think of what they're called anymore. But those those metal harnesses and leashes with the the barbs that turn in, oh, oh. you know. Um, but like, I think we've come a long way as a society, and we understand that that's just not okay anymore. Um, that said, you know, um, yeah, I think you know fencing and. Uh, a strong foundation are your two best options. Now, if you're in the situation that you're in, of course, uh, talk to your local Pokemon uh, Pokemon supply store. They may have uh, kind of pricier options, truthfully. But, uh, you know, if your Quilava is just one of those stubborn types, you know, uh, you, may, you may find value in some of their... Uh, higher cost solutions. Uh, I do feel it is necessary here to point out that um, you may, if you look in some of the uh, darker corners of the internet, you may find uh, drops or injections that are said to suppress the flame from your quilava uh, so that you can, quote, more easily manage uh, the, the Pokemon during this growing phase, we absolutely recommend you do not use these products. Uh, they are not tested. And in fact, what from all accounts that we can determine, they are very dangerous for the Quilava. Yeah, uh, you know, if it is not uh, FPA approved, you know, it's really important to uh, stay away from it until those tests are done, you know. Uh, a lot of those products don't end up getting approved because, uh, you know, the Internet will will say that they work for these sorts of things. Right. But then all of a sudden there are all these reports of, you know, flash fires from from Quilava whose whose bodies just can't take it anymore and expel all that energy all at once. It's it's a very dangerous situation. And, uh, you know, some of these. uh these remedies from the Johto region are just not going to be things that are going to, to pass muster uh, in other parts of the world. Yeah, I think if it sounds too good to be true, chances are it probably is. That's a, yeah, that's a great way to frame that. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Does Quilava listen to punk rock? If not, what does Quilava listen to? This is from Jumpin' James in Massachusetts. James, look, I, I, I appreciate the effort. Uh, I appreciate the attempt here. Uh, you're still kind of not quite getting the what we're looking for here. You know, if you'd been like, Jumpin' in Massachusetts, I mean, that wouldn't have really, uh, you know, fit the, the scheme either. But uh, it would have been a little bit closer. Uh, would have loved to have seen maybe a little more effort on that. Uh, so just, uh, you know, keep trying, buddy. You're, you're doing great. Um, it's a great question, though. I do want to say, you know, um, the idea of Pokemon listening to music. That's a great question. Um, 
there has been, you know, a fair amount of research that has come out uh, talking about uh, the effects that music can have on Pokemon, on their development, on their growth. Uh, there are some claims that say certain kinds of music for certain Pokemon uh, bring out about evolutionary changes sooner than in others. Uh, I don't know how much of that's been, been widely researched, but Mike, in your research, what have you come to learn about the relationship between music and Pokemon? Uh, you know, it makes me think of Sweet Dewey. You know, that, that small town library purloin that changed and touched the world, uh, who I just wrote my most recent book about, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Make sure you, if you do not have uh, Mike's latest book, Dewey, the Small Town Library Purloin, Who Touched the World, uh, make sure you get it today. It's available everywhere. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. And uh, did you guys do an, uh, uh, an audio book for that? Yeah. So actually, we did partner uh, with, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a website or app called audinable um basically they take books and they turn them almost into radio shows by uh you know creating an audiobook type format uh they work very closely with the with creators and you know freelance uh freelance members of the community um you know i've actually heard them advertised on a few different uh podcasts you might um you know if you're looking still i don't know I mean, I've I, I've reached out. We'll see. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, it's uh, we have a great listenership here, and I I'm very happy to uh, try and 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 push to those companies about how great our our working relationship here is. You know, you heard uh, uh, Oak Sam uh, uh, Samson Oak. He 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 gave us a little bit of a uh, a boost. He he. Uh, sure. So hopefully That's that will uh, that will thrust us forward to something. Uh, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some stiffer competition. Yeah, I'm really glad that Samson reached out. Actually, he's a he's a very strong friend of mine. Uh, so it means a lot that. Uh, but yeah, so if uh, you know, actually, if you wanted, I could reach out to Audinable for you, uh, and try and try and bridge that gap a little. You know, um, yeah, uh, we yeah we we can talk about that. Um, <clears throat> you know, off off of uh, off of the show, but uh, oh right, of course, sorry. I, I am so. Uh, can I'm we so... get the next question uh, from the? Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The yeah. Let's absolutely. Let's do that. Uh, the next question: uh, Do older quill lava suffer from male pattern fire baldness? And this is from Hairless in Humaliao City. Hairless, are you asking in general? Or is there a specific quillava that you might have in mind? I know, so, I know. Of course, hairless can't can't respond, right? Uh, but I think it's I think it's important that all of us again uh, remember how lucky and special and individual each of our Pokemon is. You know, uh, <clears throat> it's not uncommon for a Pokemon in this middle stage of development to start. Uh, exhibiting some of the some of the older uh, older Pokemon traits a little bit earlier, right? Um, and you know, if your Quilava seems to have smaller fire pattern 
areas than maybe some other Quilava that you know or that you have seen on the internet, you know, it's that's okay. Uh, I think I think it's important to remember that there's room for all types, right? Uh, if you are noticing that the uh, that the uh, that those red spots, you know, uh, on on your Quilava's forehead maybe are smaller than other Quilava's spots, that's that's totally okay. Uh, it's it's not uncommon for some Quilava to not have quite as many spots as others, you know. Um, it's it's a spectrum, right? And, you know, sooner or later, uh, I think every every Pokemon owner has to deal with this aspect of, you know, uh, bonding with your Pokemon in a different way. Is there a point, uh, Mike, where a Quilava reaches, uh, we'll say, a, a, a reduction of these spots or, or a shrinking of these spots such to the point that it becomes a danger or a risk uh, in terms of venting out the flame that builds up in a Quilava? Oh, I think, you know, in some cases... Uh, that is absolutely uh, a possibility. Uh, I think it's it's a rare occurrence, but I think when you have a Quilava who is experiencing that, you are certainly going to notice. Uh, you know, those spots may get a little inflamed. They may get a little irritated. You may see your Quilava uh, pawing at them, you know, trying to uh, expel the blockage in those glands, and it's okay to give them a little help. Uh, of course, make sure that you are wearing the appropriate uh, fire safety equipment. Make sure that you're in a well-ventilated and uh, open area. And just go ahead and give that a little squeeze. You know, um, <clears throat> the smell that is associated with those glands can be unique. But, um, you know, once you've gotten those cleaned out, as long as your Quilava is taking taking appropriate bathing uh steps in into uh its general habit you know uh you should be all right uh sometimes you may have to help your quilava with with remembering that process you know um i've seen a lot of different uh products on the internet that that kind of mimic the way a mother typhlosion may uh may care for a cyndaquil as a way to remind the quilava of its new responsibilities you know i think this is part of the beautiful transition phase of a Pokemon when it's when it's leaving that youthful, uh, childlike uh, experience of being a Cyndaquil and trying to move into this fully realized Typhlosion. When you when when in this Quilava phase and dealing with a lot of these. Um we'll say personal issues uh, that come up during that time sure. frame. Uh, what's the best way, what can a trainer do to really help with the socialization of a Quilava to make sure that it's still interacting with other Quilava uh, in a healthy and uh, positive way? Uh, as opposed to, you know, sometimes you hear stories of, you know, Quilava really making bad decisions in this phase. Sure. I think it's, I think, first of all, it's important to remember that um, 
you know, your Qualava is learning. And so it's going to make mistakes and it's going to make, you know, what we as, as caring adults may seem as, uh, rash decisions or, um, poor choices, you know? And I think most of, most importantly, uh, the thing that we need to keep in mind as trainers and as adopters of these Pokemon is that that's okay. You know, uh, every Quilava is going to, they're going to make choices that, frankly, you're going to look at them and say, what are you doing? Why would you do that? What is wrong <laughs> with you? You know, and sometimes the answer is just, they're a Quilava. And that's kind of their nature. Uh, but, you know, most of them come out the other side. All right, great. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, I have here, uh, this is this is an interesting one. A dear Pokedexpert, I'm curious about the natural flame-proof properties of quill lava fur. Do you know if they're completely flame-resistant or just the areas that are typically exposed to fire? Either way, what a fascinating wonder of nature, and it'll help me figure out the best use for their pelts when I break into the non-flammable fashion industry. Thanks in advance. Fashion forward in uh, Fall Arbor Town. Anthony. Uh, yeah. Do you think... Do you think fashion forward has the appropriate chemistry degree to recreate the non-flammable properties of Aqualava's fur? Well, I'm not even certain that, you know, one of the things that I find so interesting about Aqualava in general, and, and truly the whole Cyndaquil line, is that uh, there's been a lot of research into it, but we still have not figured out a way to uh, truly recreate what is created naturally in the fibers of these pelts. Well, that's why I was asking. I would love to collaborate with, you know, with this fashion forward person. If you can find out who they truly are uh, and, and get me in touch with them, please. Uh, you know, I think that would be a fascinating area of study. And I would love to help, you know, uh, either with my with my credentials or with my access to the press to be able to publish that knowledge. Right. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are trapping these poor animals and, and and skinning them and trying to use their pelt still in this day and age, despite what we know about uh, the personhood of Pokemon. Yeah. Um... You know, and so it's really amazing that Fashion Forward has done, has broken through in this way, you know, and, and that's... You should have them on the well, show next time uh, as, as the Pokedex. Yeah, I, we like to because it sounds like we like to hope that they are ethically and sustainably uh, gathering the pelts for this fashion forward industry. Of course, that's uh, definitely our our hope here is that those of us those who would be interested in this kind of information are are using it in that way. Uh, but wait, you think they're using the pelts? Uh, well, I hadn't, I, I hadn't even considered the thought, you know, it's, it's just so offensive. I assumed, 
fashion forward, you meant that you have you've done the research to synthesize this. We, we right? also we we need to be uh, aware and and cognizant that there are still many cultures along the world. That's what he meant. There right, are still Anthony? many cultures around the world that feel it is important to use all of the parts of a Pokemon, uh, y- even after they expire, uh, so that they can be uh, truly you know be kept around be part of a part of the world in a way that is tangible and real so we we don't want to uh discourage the use by many cultures of uh parts of pokemon that have passed on but of course we do not think that uh farming for such things or uh or or the loss of Pokemon life simply for their pelts is ever acceptable. Uh, and so hopefully this is an, ex- a, an ethical and uh, uh, well-respected process that we're talking about here with Fashion Forward. You know, that's a, that's a great point, Anthony. I'm sorry. Uh, I hadn't considered that maybe Fashion Forward is in an area where there are enough naturally expiring uh Quilava. uh regardless fashion forward if you are listening to this please reach out um if you are in an area where there are that many Quilava who are naturally expiring uh, i would love to do some research into why that may be you know we expect typically at least an 87 percent evolution rate out of Quilava into typhlosion and if if your area is substantially below the national average, you know, I think it's really important for us to, to, to maybe try and determine some root causes and work with the local conservation groups to be able to raise that percentage up higher. So please, again, uh, FF, please hit me up. Um, you know, you can, you can stop by my Patreon, patreon.com slash Pokedex. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, make sure to get in touch with me, uh, through that channel. Uh, obviously, you know, this is always going to be a thorny subject because uh, Typhlosion, as we all know, their pelts tend to be too uh, tough, uh, the fur too coarse to be used for something like the fashion industry with a Quilava. You still have some of that uh, softer uh, fur, uh, but on a tougher skin than comes on a Cyndaquil. These pelts are in high demand. And so while we assume you are ethically and appropriately harvesting these pelts, uh, do understand that there is a darker market at play. Uh, and we are doing our best to to let you guys know that we, we think we, we don't condone that uh, activity here uh, whatsoever. Thank you for uh, expressing that. Anthony, that's uh, part of part of the part of the joy that I have coming on this show is knowing that you and I are so aligned on that fact. I I also think it's important to this is a great example of why we do put so much work and effort into trying to reach out and understand uh, other cultures that we're not necessarily connected to and a great way that you can do that is by buying mike's new book dewey the small town library purloin who touched the world Uh, talk about an opportunity to to get a, a glimpse into a rarely seen community a rarely seen culture of middle class libraries I mean, this is really uh this was an exploration of something that that many people may not have access to or see and again uh in the audinable book you know there 
there were interviews with the the folks in that town and i was actually able to go back and recreate those interviews with the same folks so you can hear their actual voices in the audienable book that's great anthony again this this company is great. I would love to get in touch with yeah. them on your behalf. Yeah, me too. I'd love that. Uh, you know, I'd love it, to get in touch with them. Um, I think it. I think it would do. You know, I, I think it could help you out. I mean, with your with your situation, of course. We got one more here. Uh, my quilava loves raw meat, but it keeps getting excited when I try to feed it and searing everything nearby. Uh, and then he's not interested. How can I get him to calm down long enough to enjoy his meal from Foodie in Fuchsia City? Oh, Foodie, you are facing the classic Quilava conundrum. It's so great. Uh, you know, Anthony can attest right now, my face is just beaming. This is one of my favorite, uh, you know... Moments of owner owning a quilava. I think there's just such a. It's such a paradox, right? Here's a here's here's a guy, and he's so cute, and he just he loves raw meat so much that he can't handle it, right? Ah. I will tell you anecdotally what I did with my quilava when you know going through this same phase. You know, it's. It's a two-pronged approach. My first recommendation is to use frozen meats. You know, that way his excitement heats it up to be edible. You know, uh, their jaws are still starting to strengthen as well. And so that frostiness kind of helps them chew a little bit more on the meat before tearing it apart you know uh, so they're able to get a little bit more enjoyment out of it and still get that raw taste that they that they love so much you know uh, the other <clears throat> the other recommendation I have of course is just repeated exposure you know uh, if you've got a if you've got a if you've got a quilava who is just so excited about raw meat. You know, the more meat you can give it, the better. Just keep on giving it as much meat as you've got, you know. Uh once you've hit once you've hit a point where you think you can't possibly give it more meat, just, you know, one more piece, one more one more try, you know. Uh a, a lot of this, a lot of this advice was in the paperwork Samson Oak sent me uh for this particular uh episode you know if you just if you just keep forcing that meat in there eventually your quilava is going to be too tired to keep giving off so much heat and it'll be able to enjoy that raw meat that's absolutely true. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, something that uh, we used to do in our family uh, would be a, a thin coat of an edible uh, paraffin wax, uh, something that won't hurt the quilava. If it ingests it, it'll pass right through, uh, but it protects the meat on that first uh, encounter point. And then as it takes in the meat, the, the, the wax has melted away or is in the or easily digestible and the raw meat is inside uh safe and sound i like it like a a protective barrier for the meat 
Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You, you sheathe it in the uh, wax, and it helps keep the, the meat sealed in. You don't have to worry about the juices spraying out, and you don't have sure. to worry about uh, anything penetrating that barrier if you don't want it to. Right. Like, uh, you know, you don't want it to get too hot, of course. And so, you know, uh, hey, I've never actually heard of this uh, procedure before. You know, a lot of people did that, uh, you know, they would they would start to hand the meat to the quilava and then they would pull it back uh, right at the point where they felt like the meat was going to start to start to you know, heat up. That, that method never um, works uh, all the time. Uh, so we, I, you know, full disclosure, we had a few quilava. My, my father, when we were growing up, tried a few times to do the method where he would expose the meat to the quilava. And then when the quilava looked like it was going to, uh, you know, cook the meat, he would pull it away real fast. And, you know, it just, it never worked out. Like pretty much every time he was too slow, uh, the meat was in that quilava and it, it was just a real mess. Yeah. So with this paraffin wax method, do you ever find that, uh, maybe people who have an overexcitable quilava might need to, uh, double dip the meat in the wax to form a, form a double barrier? It, it seems like a good idea. It is not a good idea at all. Uh, the, the double dipping of the wax actually cooks the meat on the inside. Uh, you wind up with like a, uh, a, like a double boiler almost for, for this, uh, the meat inside and, and you, you're never going to, it's never going to be good for you. Wow. I would love to see some clinical trials. Uh, you know, I would love to, to test the effectiveness of this paraffin wax method. Uh, uh, we've yeah. been we've been using the frozen meat method, and it sounds like uh, it sounds like the paraffin method may actually be more uh, ecologically beneficial. As always, the frozen method is going to be the most effective method. There's there's nothing more effective than just freezing the meat right out, but. It's not tenable. You can't always, you know, you come home from a hard day of work. You're not going to be able to freeze the meat out. And then your quilava wants it now. So the paraffin wax method works just perfectly for a quick and easy way to get your quilava the meat, but to keep it safe and to keep it protected. Thank you so much. You know, it's it's rare, but I really appreciate when I can learn something from you uh, as much as I'm able to to impart knowledge on our, our listeners. Well, I'm sorry, your listeners. You have done so much for us, the the Ask the Pokedexpert community. Uh, you've given a lot of yourself, and, and and so we like to try and 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 give back when we can. And sometimes it's giving knowledge, and sometimes it's going out to buy your book, uh, your your new exciting book, Dewey, the Small Town Library Purloin Who Touched the World. Uh, what what other ways can can people find you and and support you, Mike? Oh, I mean, I. Th- I still think the easiest way is going to be my Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. Definitely make sure to check that out. Um, You know, uh, of course, obviously, it it seems like a lot of the questions that your listeners submit um, end up coming to me recently. Uh, So, you know, by all means, they can continue uh, submitting questions to your show. Uh, and I will gladly answer them the next time I'm on. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. This has been such a pleasure. Uh, 
thank you for stepping in. I'm sure we'll have you back sometime down the line. You know, we've got uh, uh, other people, of course. We want to try to get some other perspectives and opinions, but we're I'm very sure, excited yeah. to have you back. You're, you've been a great friend of the show. And, and so uh, if you love the show as much as we do, anyone uh, out there, uh, you can go ahead and support the show at patreon.com slash pokedexpert1. That's uh, pokedexpert1. Uh uh, yeah, that's a, a great way for you to give back to the show and and make sure we can keep going. There's some some real improvements I'd love to make with the with the show, and so that would be that would be really appreciated. Any any support I can get on that. So uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Make sure you uh, join us in two weeks. Uh, but for now, you can tweet us at Pokedexpert. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pokedexpert. Or you can email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. We will see you next time.